Hello and welcome to the Every Nation Twane Moikluf podcast. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message with us. We're going to start off a new series that we've called, so one series across the city. We've got seven congregations across the city and all of us will be preaching in the next five to six weeks, basically the same one series. And we're preaching on values, core values. And we're going to help us to understand how important it is and how we make decisions. Every one of us on a daily basis, we make decisions. And if you don't make decisions, you make decisions. And every single decision that you and I make is based on values. And so I want to help us to understand this morning as we introduce and just think about where do values come from? Who ascribes values? Who defines values? And if you say to yourself, okay, this cell phone is so much valued, who decides that? Maybe Apple, the guys who made it. They decide what's the value of this phone. And this morning, we're going to look at, when it comes from a spiritual point of view, how do we define values? What does value mean? Ultimately, we talk about core values because we have a lot of values. You could say you value this or that, and then there are things that are really important to you, which we call core values. Now, core values are the guiding principles, the governing principles that define and determine your decision-making. It describes who you are, and it describes what you do. So every single one of us have values. I'm not saying they're all good. I'm not saying they're all bad. But the reality is, if you make decisions, you have values. If you define anything, you have values. So what is a core value? Milton Records says the following, a value is a heartfelt belief, a deep-seated standard that influences every aspect of your life. It's something that's so deep-seated in your heart, you naturally just make decisions based on that value. Now, we all grow up in homes, we get born in life, and we grow up and we kind of grow up in values. Certain things happen in a family. Some of th- certain things happen in culture. A lot of those values are beautiful and we take them with them. And some of those values are not that good. And we need to realize what is good and what is bad. So we can allow God to change bad values to become what he wants it to be. So what do core values do? I've said it over and over. Core values has a major effect on our decision making. See, ultimately, time is not the issue. People say, oh, the people battle with commitment. Nobody ever battles with commitment. They, if they're not committed here, they're committed somewhere else. Everybody commits somewhere. The question is, what are you committing to? See, that's determined by your values. What do you place value on? What you place value on, you'll make time for it. See, core values drive our commitment. The levels of how we utilize our time, how we utilize our talents and our resources, how we spend time, how we spend money, how we spend things. That is all coming from the commitment we make because of something we value. And also core values determine what we love and then who we relate with, why we relate with people and how we relate with people. So relationship behind relationships is driven by core values. 
We're going to turn our Bibles to a few scriptures this morning, but the base scripture that we will be speaking on the next six weeks is Matthew 6, verse 21. You know that scripture? It says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Hopefully, you're going to memorize this. Hopefully, this is going to be a scripture that you wake up in the morning with and you go to bed. Where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Now, I'm going to take this and you think about this. It's talking about value. I want you to quickly think about something that you really value. Just get something in your mind. It's a picture. It could be a person. It could be something. What do you really value? Think about something. Get something in your head. Next question. Why do you value that? Okay, you've got this picture. Why do you value that? Where is it? Is it at home? Is it here? Is it somewhere else? Or is it something you still want? Something in the future? That thing you value? Where is it? Why do you value that? Can that be replaced by something more valuable? What will happen if you lose that thing that you have in your mind now? How will you feel about that? If you lose all of that that you value? Let's change it a little bit. Apart from you describing what you value, what would people around you say you value? If they look at your life, what would they say? You value that. You value that. How would they make that decision? Maybe on the way you spent your time. Maybe on the way that you spent your resources. Maybe what you talk about all the time. What is in your mind all the time. What occupies your headspace. See, the scripture says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. So it starts off by telling us where. Where? Where is the destination? Where is that destination? That's where your treasure. Your treasure will be. What is a treasure? A treasure is something that is more valuable than other things. Not all things are treasures. It's something that's got much more value for you. You, you chase after it. You run hard after it. You see, we have quick to say it's load shedding or it's, it's uh, COVID or it's this or that. All the time, everything comes down to what do you treasure? What is of ultimate value to you? What your heart longs for? What you desire for? Treasure can be much more than financial wealth. See, people don't just treasure finances or possessions. You could, but you could treasure popularity. And you the whole time see how many people on Facebook, how many people on Instagram, how many people on TikTok follow me. I mean, you could treasure popularity. You could treasure just safety. You could treasure so many other things. You see, when you look at your treasure and what a treasure is, a treasure is something that you deliberately, intentionally spent your focus and your priority on to get it, to protect it, to save it, to all the time work on this. You wake up in the morning with it, you go to bed with it, it is occupying you. That is what a treasure is. 
A treasure can also be something that gives you a significant promise. It gives you a promise of if you have that, you'll be more stable, you'll be more significant. You see, when load shedding came, people thought, okay, let me get the treasure, a generator. And the moment you got a generator, you realize, oh, that's just tapping my money because I have to put in petrol all the time. See, we want, see, treasure is something that you think, if I have that, I'll be better off. I'll be more stable. I'll be more significant. I'll be more, you know, um, accepted. It gives you a preferable future that you long for. So where your treasure is, there. Where? There. Where will your heart be? There will your heart be. You see, there is the place, there you will put time. There you will put money. There you move. There where you look at there, that's where you will focus. That's where you'll give energy. That's where you'll put your resources and your focus and everything. And now it comes to the crux of the scripture. It says, there your heart will also be. Friends, you and I are living beings, human beings. And when you refer to somebody, oh man, that guy's heart is in the game. What are you saying? You never say his legs is in the game, his hands are in the game. You say his heart is in the game. What are you saying? He's playing with all his might. Everything inside of him is in it. You know, you don't care about the legs and the love. They do follow. They follow what? They follow the heart. Where is your heart? Your heart is the most important organ of your body. When your heart dies, everything else dies. You could have problems with your legs. You could have problems with your arms. You can amputate your arm and still be okay. You look at Paralympics, what those guys get right. I don't even get right with all my legs and all my arms. <laughs> I mean, there's something about these guys. What is it? What drives them? It's not the legs. They only got one. It's not the arm. They only got one. It's the heart. We all have limbs. There's not one of us that are self-made human beings. But behind it is a heart. The heart is the active center of your being. It's the center and the seat of spiritual life. At the core of everything is the heart. And where the heart is after, that is what you do. That is what you'll commit. That is the decisions that will drive your heart, everything else. It's the center of, and seat of your spiritual life. It's the soul and the mind. As it is the foundation, the seed, that's where your thoughts come from. That's what drives your passions, your desires, your appetites, your affection, your purpose, your endeavors. It is really the important place. So the question is, what is your heart after? The question is, what's going on in the heart? Because that's really what's important. Another way to put it is, what are the core convictions by which you make decisions? How you live every day. See, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Where your heart is, there is your treasure. You cannot separate heart from treasure. Where the heart is, there is the treasure. Where the treasure is, there is the heart. Where the heart is, there is the commitment. Where the commitment, there is the treasure. The heart is really where action takes place. So if you really want to see change in your life, don't change your decisions. Change your values. You can try to make decisions. You're always going to go back to what's, what's in your heart. 
See, when we get saved, we, we don't get saved because of the decisions and we get saved from our decisions and now we make better decisions. See, religious is, religion is based on your self-effort trying to get things right, trying to discipline yourself. Now I'm gonna wake up, five o'clock, alarm, beep, beep, beep. You're trying to make things happen. You're trying to make the right decisions, which is good, but that's not where that change is gonna take place. Ultimate change is gonna take place when heart is changed, when the value, when the treasure moves. See, when we come to know Jesus Christ, we're not coming to a place where we know we are sinners and we're so afraid of hell that we try to run away, run away from hell and the only escape route is Jesus. That's not what Christianity is. True Christianity is we find something so valuable. We all our life thought this is so valuable. This is so incredible. But inside of it, we realize, oh, this is so empty. How do you know it's empty? You have to have another measure. When you find Christ, you realize this is empty. There's so much more. Christianity is authentic. It is genuine. It's not something you have to hype up. It's something that changes in your heart. And there is a definite move of your value system over time. It's not overnight. So the heart works on the principle which we call first. Who is first? This is my first wife and only wife. <laughs> you see, first, Siki. First, the kingdom of God. It's a heart language. First, bring all your offerings in. First to God. You see, it's always what comes first. Who's first? You look at your diary, who is first? You look at your life, who is first? Who is the Lord over your life? This is what it's about. If we treasure the wrong thing, Will our hearts be affected? If we value the wrong thing, if we chase, if we dream about this thing, this thing, I'm gonna serve Jesus, but actually my heart is chasing after that thing. Do you think if we treasure something else, our hearts will not follow that? Matthew 6 continues, how do we change our core values? Matthew 6 verse 19, 24 says, do not lay up for yourselves. You're gonna find a contract that says, do not and do. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. He's not saying you should not own anything. He's not saying you should not steward what you have. Every single one of us steward things on a daily basis. He's saying, do not lay up for yourself. The depth of what he's saying is, do not make something that is important of ultimate importance. When you take something that is valuable and you make it the ultimate value, you walk into idolatry. When we make something more of what it is, it's no more that. It's become something wrong. You can take something good and turn it into bad. When Jesus comes and says, if you don't hate your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, you're not worthy to follow me. What's Jesus saying? Is he into breaking up relationships? Not at all. He's making a simple point. I'm first. You put me first, your marriage works. You put me first, business works. You put me first, life works. You put me first, no more load shedding. Spiritual load shedding. You see how many Christians are living by spiritual load shedding? 
Then they're on, then they're off. Then they're on, then they're off. And they moan about load shedding. Don't moan about load shedding. You live load shedding. You're not plugged in all the time. And guess what? Heaven does not disconnect. There's something about our hearts. Do not lay up for your treasures on earth where you can lose it, where moth and rust destroy it and where thieves break in and steal. But, but is a good word. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. He's talking about where do you invest? When you wake up and you're gonna spend time, you're gonna spend energy, where do you invest? Where you can, where you can lose it and where you are not guaranteed it's gonna happen or you invest in another place that cannot lose your stuff, cannot lose your treasure, which thieves cannot break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Now listen to this. It says, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your body will be in full light, full of light. If your eye is healthy, your body will be full of light. But if the eye is bad, now that doesn't mean you've got bad eyesight. Okay, that's not what the scripture is saying. It says, if the eye is bad, the whole body will be full of darkness. And if the light in you is darkness, wow, how great is your darkness? What is he saying? You see, I can not see that far. Close, I have to take off my, when I look at my phone, I have to take off my glasses. Okay, he's not talking about eyesight. He's saying, when you see things, when you believe the lie is a truth, and you really believe this is the truth, and it's actually a lie, how dark is the darkness? When you're really convinced you're right, but you are so wrong. How many people on the face of the earth are so clued up and they so, you put something on Facebook, they will tell you what is the truth. They will tell you what they believe. And how deep is their darkness if their darkness is the darkness and they believe it's the light? Where do you get your values? Depends on what you see as the truth. What do you see as life? What do you see as valuable? Because if you don't see something as valuable, if another human being to you is not valuable, he will treat that human being as not valuable. It's how you see things. See, if you see every deal is just about money, you can use and abuse people to get the money. Why? Because you see the value of money, but you miss the value of people. Life is all about decisions. See, we can be Christians, and we are not Christians because we have a label like Coca-Cola on the outside, but on the inside, it's lemon juice. No, our label on the outside does not determine who we are. It's what people taste that determines who we are. You see, there's something about values. There's something on the inside. Ephesians 4, verse 21 to 24 helps us to understand this a bit better. Surely you have heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth, the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off the old self, which has been corrupted by the deceitful desires. What corrupts us? Bad desires. Things we see as valuable, but they're not to be made new in the attitude of our minds, the way we see things. 
and to put on the new self. See again, do not lay up for yourselves, lay up for yourselves in heaven. Do not put on the old, the old person, the old values, the old things. Take it off, he says. Take off that cloth. Take off that jacket. Take off the old and put something new on. What is the new? Created to be like God. Created to think like God. Created to start to value the things that God value. You cannot make a mistake to start to study what God values. And say, Lord, I want to value what you value. I want to see life through your eyes. I want to see human beings through your eyes. I want to see these moments through your eyes. I want to see through your eyes. I want to value what you value. And I want to hate what you hate. Now, how do we do that? James gives us a clue. In James 1 verse 13 to 14 says, When tempted... When you have to make a decision, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted. When? When? By his own evil desires. He's dragged away and enticed. And then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's fully grown, it gives birth to death. Let me explain this. A few key words in this passage. We are dragged away, we are enticed by what? By our own desires, evil desires. Whom of you think, think about this. Just the word desire must equal value. You don't desire things that you don't value. So if you say, I desire that, that means you put value on that. It has a value. So desire is a value. So his evil desires, he is dragged away and enticed. Then after desire, value, has conceived, means a decision was made, decision. It gives birth to sin, action. And action, sin, when fully grown character, gives birth to death, destination. So how do we change our lives? Oh, why am I at this place? Maybe because you desired something. And because of that desire, you started to make those decisions. And because of those decisions, you keep on making them, they become a habit. And because of those habits, you have the consequences of those habits. And out of those habits, ultimately, that forms your future. Habitually reading your Bible will produce something over time. Habitually committing to the right things, over time things will happen. See, there's something about what we commit to. There's something about what we give our time to. Why must I be here on a Sunday morning? I mean, it's raining outside. It could be in my bed. You could. You're welcome. Just ask yourself what habits you're building and what will be the result. You're not going to become more spiritual. You're going to become more lazy. I mean, there's something about our habits. There's something about how we do things because of ultimately our destination. He says that gives birth to death. Now that death is not always natural physical death. That death is many times relational death between family and friends. That death is many times destiny death, purpose death. You have no purpose on earth. You're just existing. You're just swallowing you know, oxygen and then you die one day. There's more to life than just getting oxygen and getting money and getting stuff. There is a life of purpose that God calls us to. But the enemy doesn't want you to know that secret. He doesn't want you to wake up in the morning with energy in your soul and say, this is the day the Lord has made. I have a purpose while I'm alive. The enemy tells you, you are too young. 
And then he tells you you don't know. And then he tells you you're too old. It's never the good time. You are never too young. You're never too old. You are never, never listen to the lie. God has a plan for your life. And you and I have a value in Christ. He so valued you that he died on a cross so that you can have a future and that you don't have to be trapped by the lies of the enemy. I want to show you a picture. See, truth is a way of life. It's not just a moment in church. Truth is basically your core value system. It drives your decision. So what we cannot see is underneath the ground. Underneath the ground, when you look at a tree, it's got a root system. You don't see the system. You don't see the roots. So what do you see? You see the fruit. I look at the tree. I say, oh, that's mangoes. Oh, that must be a mango tree. Okay, that's watermelon. That must be a watermelon tree. I'll just see if you're awake. Okay. You see, there's something about, you know, when you look at, you see those big watermelon tr- fruits? My father farmed with those. I'm joking. Um, there's something about when you look at fruits, you look at your life, everything underneath. So what determines the fruit of a tree? What happens underneath the soil? What happens in secret when nobody sees you? The things you spent, the things that occupy your mind, the things that occupy your time, the things that you think doesn't matter, they matter. You see, this is the vital place we understand. When you can start to say, Lord, what is my convictions? Because the convictions I have is going to make me wake up tomorrow morning and make certain decisions. And those convictions will drive ultimately to my decisions. And those decisions will ultimately form habits. And those habits will form my character. My character will be my destiny. Let me simplify this. Bible people say there's no truth. There is no absolute. Are you absolutely sure? You can't say you're absolutely sure there's absolute no truth. You're confused. There is either absolute or not absolute. And if you say there's no absolute, are you absolutely sure? Because you can't say you're absolutely sure there is no absolute because you sound absolute. So you can't get beyond this because there is a thing like absolute truth. If you believe it or not, doesn't matter. Do you know there's a table mountain in Cape Town? How many of you see it saw it today? Oh, you didn't see it. It's still there. The fact that you don't see it does not mean it's not there. The fact that people don't see it means how deep is your darkness? You see, when we see the truth, the truth is every single person, your value system is based on two basic things. You either believe a lie, and that lie wakes you up in the morning. That lie is going to spend your time. It's going to spend your values. It's going to spend your money. It's going to spend your time, everything else. It's going to spend your relationships. Or you believe in the truth. It's going to build your relationships. It's going to build your life, and you're going to build other lives. There's only two things that drives you. It's either a lie or it's the truth. There's nothing else available. See, friends, the truth of God. So how do I find this? I want to conclude this. Genesis 1 verse 1. In the beginning, in the beginning, in the beginning, God created everything out of nothing. That business guy does not exist yet. Any business guy who makes out of nothing everything, he would be a billionaire, a trillionaire, 
No, you make out of everything you make. You make it out of something. And that something was made out of something. And every something is made out of something. And that something was made out of nothing. The true owner is God. We have to start right. And that God who made everything, who made the iPhone says, this is the value of the iPhone. This God who made everything manifested himself in the form of Jesus. And Peter says in 2 Peter that we became eyewitnesses. We saw him. We heard him. And him we testify that no prophecy of the word of God was the original, originated by man. And through his word, he defines everything. The man without the word of God is a valueless man. Because true values come from finding your creator, hearing and listening to him. He has made you. And you start to realize who you are. And because you know who you are, you start to align yourself with your creator. And because you align yourself with your creator, you start to embrace his values. And because you embrace his values, you start to make different decisions. And all of us have made mistakes. That's why we have a gracious God. We come back to him. A mistake, a sinful thing we did. When we ask forgiveness, God can forgive it. You know where it gets really dark? It's when you start to say, my sin is no more sin. And my wrong is no more wrong. It's in humility that we find God. See, everything about God and who God is is found in the Scripture. And because of the Scripture, we look at God and He defines all values. He is the one that puts a value on someone. He is putting a value on individuals. He puts a value on women. He puts a value on children. He puts a value on ethnic groups. He puts a value on every single thing. It's him that is determining. It's not the Nazis. It's not this person. It's not that person. It's God who determines it. And when we get aligned with God and we submit ourselves to the Lordship of Christ, he redefines, he reshuffles, he changes, he transforms our values. And because you have transformed values, our decisions change. So what is ultimately changing? It's what you worship. Who you worship, who you submit yourself to, who you describe, describe who you found yourself under his authority, that's the one that will form your values. As you first seeing yourself as whatever race you are, and then secondly, Christian, then Christianity is not first. You are first Christian before you're African. You're first Christian before you're Afrikaans. You're first Christian before Christianity defines. You're first Christian before you're men. You're first a Christian before you're a woman. You're first a Christian before you're a businessman. See, when we look at the word of God, it defines us. And when it defines us, it ends with this, the same Matthew 6 where your treasure your heart is, listen to verse 24. No man can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or he will devote himself to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. He is first. He's supreme. He's ultimate. I end with this, and I want you to think about this. To simplify the whole thing of values, you can make it this or that. It's simple. 
Matthew 22 says to us, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your strength, all your soul. That sounds like a passion. That sounds like a commitment. That sounds like a value. Lord, why do we do this? Because I love Jesus. Why are you here this morning? Because I love Jesus. Why do you serve? Because I love Jesus. Why do you give? Because I love Jesus. If Jesus is not the motive, then what is? Please, it should not be church. Every nation is a bad motive. Me, Philip, it's a bad motive. Christ is the only motive. If Christ is not the motive, you've replaced the motive with something else. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. And you shall love your neighbor. You shall love your neighbor. He says, and those two, love God, love your neighbor. The whole word hangs on these two. If you really want to have a value, start to love God and love people. Start to love God and love people. Wake up in the morning to love God. Wake up in the morning to love people. Wake up in the morning to love God. Wake up in the morning to love people. If you love God and you love people, your whole value system will align. Do not do things that hate God and do not do things that hate people. I can grow. I don't know about you. I'm not there yet. I'm not. But the fact that I'm not there does not change the standard. The fact that I'm not there inspires me to get there. Where? There. Destination is not earth. Where your heart is, there. Destination is God. Created to be like Him in His image. It's not one of you that has done so much sin that God cannot forgive. It's not one of you that are so far off that you can't get there. All it requires is humility. All it requires is, Lord, make the best decision of your life. It's not to make the right decisions, but make this one decision. I'm going to love God. I'm going to run hard after God. I'm going to see God. You say, Phil, but I've slipped so far away from God. It is okay. You serve a God that slipped into hell to rescue you. Why would He not forgive you? Why would He not call you to Him? If church is not the place where you can restore with God, then where will you go? It's right here. It's right now. Father, we thank You for this moment. When we look at our decisions, we so need you. And Father, none of us will get there without you. And that concludes today's message. For more information, visit our website at everynationswane.org forward slash moikluth. That's everynationswane.org forward slash moikluth. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Till next time then. Yeah.